Just another murder cast. Yay jam! Yay jam! Okay, so everyone, Haley is still out dealing with her husband who got hit by a car because who gets hit by a car? Her husband. Yes, <laughs> her husband sure did. Um, so I have my good friend Sheila here. Sheila, say hello, Sheila. Hello, Sheila. <laughs> I also have uh, my other good friend Uncle Bobby, or as I like to call him, Ben. Here. Hello. Hello. So today it's going to be me and Sheila. 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 Sheila was a little bit nervous, so we may have had a few. Well, we're at the beach. We're at the beach. So we may have had a few of drinks, you know, prior to. We're adults. We're allowed. Over 21. Entire bottle. <laughs> An entire bottle, whatever. I mean, you're just it's semantics at this point. Yeah. So. <laughs> Right. Well, um, do you have any other comments? Um, I'm really excited. Long time listener, first time caller, and um, <laughs> looking forward to a great podcast here today. I'm, I'm so excited you're here today. So before we get started, we're going to do our shout outs. So we have to give a shout out to Kayla Cargile. She actually was a guest on the show. She wasn't a guest speaker, like a co-host. But she was a guest on the show last time I went to the beach. So hey, Kayla. We appreciate you, Kayla. And guys, uh, let's go ahead and get into our warning. I don't know if y'all know this, but this is a murder podcast. Murder. We talk about murder. Yeah. So don't let your kids listen if you don't want them to hear about murder. It's murder. <laughs> Someone is going to get murdered. Yeah. I mean, we try not to make fun of anybody. Like We make I fun mean, of the people that do, do the murdering, the yeah. but not the people that get the murder. Yeah. That's, also, that's bad. Also, um, you know, we're adults. We might uh, say a few cuss words sprinkled in here or there. I mean, fuck yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> So it is what it is. Ben, do you have any, any comments? No. I'm happy to be here. All right. All right. So, my, my good friend Sheila has actually said that she will play rock, paper, scissors with me because she ain't scared. I'm, I ain't scared. I really ain't. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, Sheila, but I'm pretty good at it. I've heard. Yes. I've got I, a lot like, of I wins. I long-time listener. So. <laughs> a lot of wins under my belt. All right. All right you ready? So, ready. it's rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Okay. Ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, Ooh. you win. I always win. I never lose. <laughs> Okay, so are you ready for a tale of murder? Murder. So this tale is entitled Shark Arms. <laughs> or a shark arm. <laughs> so it is in <laughs> Since we were at the beach this week, All right. I wanted to have a little bit of a beachy theme. So yeah. I figured um, this shark arm case would be appropriate. That sounds appropriate to me. All right. So, picture it. Sydney, Australia. Ooh, international. Didgeridoo. (laughs) Hugh Jackman. (laughs) Probably not when this was the case. This was in 1935. So, think about it. We have had just finished World Wars. We have... We're actually in... I was not aware necessarily of it, but the Great Depression in the United States also affected Australia. I didn't know that. We have gone through, similar to where we are at this point, they've just had the Spanish flu, which has knocked out a lot of people. Yeah. 
and we also have massive polio outbreaks and they actually are super into true crime believe it or not at this point really yes and this is one of the first like viral if you will although i mean i don't know if you can call it viral at that time yeah i don't think it went viral <laughs> true, <laughs> true crime cases and um so okay so we are it's a holiday weekend it's kind of depression-y type of time okay wait question you, yes. do we know what holiday it is it was called like anzark day and i would have anzac had this anzac day yes can you can you enlighten us anzac day is i believe the um commemoration of the battle of gallipoli which happened in 1915. so in battle of gallipoli it was all australian and new zealand forces they pushed into it and British thought of Australians and New Zealanders as a lower class of people, and but they actually like stuck it out, and I mean they ended up losing the Battle of Gallipoli, but it was just like several heroic things. The Battle of Gallipoli happened in southern Turkey. So luckily, On we have some history buffs with Gallipoli. us. I was gonna go with nerds, but <laughs> I do have a degree in history. Look at you. So, so it's Anzac Day, big day for Australia. We're in Sydney, okay. and um. And so this is called, it's a very strange name, it's the Coogee Aquariums. So okay. it's actually, a, it's called the Coogee Baths and Aquarium. So apparently, back in the day, they would have these pools, basically, Olympic-sized swimming pools. But during the winter time, it was really cold and no one would swim. So when no one was swimming, they would just fill it with animals to get people to come and make money. <laughs> I mean, that's a true story. Okay. <laughs> and so anyways, um, the owner of this aquarium, they went out and they put a line in and they caught a smaller shark and then a larger tiger shark. They proceeded to drag this tiger shark into, like, they got it in, they took it in a tarp and dragged it into the aquarium. And then for a couple weeks it stood there and obviously like basically none of these sharks survived because it was a terrible, yeah. it was a swimming pool. Yeah. So, um, not, not a great a, living environment for a shark. Yeah, it was actually a 14 foot tiger shark. Oh, very and big. like an Olympic size swimming pool, but yes. still not very big. No. And they all died basically. Yeah. And so it'd been a couple weeks and there's a, a ton of people there, you know, they had this they had their depression, whatever money they'd scraped together for the family to come and have a good family day. And um, this shark started acting crazy. And all of a sudden, it like barfed up a bunch of stuff. And it barfed up a rat, a bird, and an arm. I'm very concerned about the rat and the bird. The <laughs> arms, not so much. It's a nice Yes, all of a sudden an arm floated to the surface. It had a um, a pair of boxers on the arm. And so this is where the mystery begins. Yeah, why are you wearing boxers on your arm? I don't know. I mean, it would be a good question. So it would I have questions. <laughs> but the good thing about this arm is that it was actually fairly intact. They were able to fingerprint it. In and 35, they were able to fingerprint? They were. They were. And... Um, the tattoos at the, of the boxers were very visible. So they were able to identify it as one James Smith. Okay. Okay. So we're going to take you back a little bit first, give a little backstory on Mr. Jimmy Smith. Okay. Jimmy Smith, he um, had been a boxer from England and he emigrated. Okay. Wait, did he have a boxer tattoo or boxer shorts? 
on his arm. Boxer tattoo. Okay, because I'm totally picturing the boxer shorts <laughs> on the arm, like they're attached to the arm, and that was no. that was a red flag. There were okay. two boxers on there. So and and so um and so this Mr. Jimmy Smith, he had emigrated with his family over and from England to Australia. And he had done some, like, boxing stuff and training stuff, but had been hired by one Reginald Holmes, Reggie Holmes, to work as a builder. And so Reggie Holmes, he did a lot of uh, speedboats there, and he was actually this first speedboat builder in Sydney, Australia. And so Sydney apparently has, like, a wrong side of the tracks kind of deal. So it's like the North Shore and the South Shore. So he was from the North Shore. He was from the good side of the tracks. So he was very... South side is bad. Yeah, yeah. And so he was from kind of like, kind of, you know, upper crust. They called it a silver tail if you're Australian. So a silver tail, I guess, apparently is someone who's kind of rich and uppity. So he would be kind of a silver tail. And, um, And so he was from that area and he hired jimmy and to kind of do some building look over some things look after one of his pleasure boats just kind of various things pleasure yeah pleasure boat. so he was kind of in the upper crust but he also had a dark side to him yeah he had a pleasure boat that's yeah. right <laughs> well he had a bunch of speed boats can you guess what you might do with speed boats run drugs run drugs yes so mm. he was into a little even back in the day a little cocaina. So, <laughs> a little bit of the nose candy. Um, so, apparently, he would run, do a little bit of smuggling in the side. So, he would have, he had a. a uh, quiet on set, please. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Ben doesn't know how to silence his phone. <laughs> so, he had to get out. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> so anyways he had a legitimate business but he also had kind of this smuggly business there too and i mean honestly it's the 1930s so it's not like you know okay. you have the internet to track so i have a whole question that's kind of off topic but kind of on topic yeah so we all know that cocaine is white yeah. right like white powder yes what do you think they would think if i just like colored it like, if I had a bunch of cocaine and I'm like, I want this to be blue, do you think they would still think it was cocaine or they would, like, get it out of the bags and be like, I don't know what this is? They think would think it's, like, blue meth, like, in Breaking Bad. Uh, okay, well, what about, like, purple or pink or something? Like, would they still think that it was cocaine? Because I feel like I'm onto something genius here. Maybe they'd have to do the little, like, gum test? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. Now I'm going to have purple cocaine, so if y'all need to come on down. I'm just kidding. I'm not selling cocaine. I didn't think that, like, the smuggling business for cocaine, because I thought it was in, like, Coca-Cola at that point. So, yep. like, I didn't think it was that big of a deal at, in 1930s. But well, maybe you got more of it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but apparently either. this guy, uh, Reggie Holmes, was, I mean, he was... He liked the cocaine, and he liked a little bit of the drinking as well. So, um, yeah, he was—he had a few shortcomings. I mean, every, no one's perfect, correct? No so, one's perfect. Yeah. So he hired this guy to go in, and and so once he started working for him, he felt he was fairly reliable, mm-hmm. and he also um, felt that um, maybe he could help him with some of his not-so-legitimate things as well. Okay. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so he started helping with some of this drug running, 
Um, but he also asked him to do, um, he had a boat that was a pleasure craft that he, he took out a big insurance policy for. Yeah. And he said, you know, maybe it would be a good idea if we would, um, if we would sink this and then we can just collect the insurance money for it. But you could pretend to sink it. I, like, mean, I feel like it's a, a lot of work to do to sink it. But he wanted him to really sink it. That's and stupid. he kind of, I mean, I'm sorry, excuse the French, he fucked it up, basically. <laughs> <laughs> he went in there and he was supposed to just sink the boat. Yeah. And apparently it started sinking really slowly. And he, the police, or it was the coast, like whatever the Australian equivalent to the Coast Guard would be, found mm -hmm. him. He was rowing away from the boat. And they're like, are you okay? Are you, do you need help? And he just basically like pretended like he didn't see them and kept rowing away. Okay. But you could totally say that the boat was sinking and yeah. still collect insurance. I mean, if you were smart, maybe. <laughs> I'm like, and I know I've had a little bit to drink, but I'm pr still pretty sure. And I'm going to be like, oh, no, no, no. and so this was the first foray of him because he not only didn't cover up for his boss, but he also kind of snitched on him. Ooh. Yeah, because they were collecting from the insurance company. And so they were trying to collect from the insurance company. And so Jimmy said, yeah, I was kind of sinking the boat. He's an idiot. Well, and you know what happens to snitches, right? They get stitches and, and end up, up in ditches. Stitches. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so, um, yeah, so that it was sort of a bummer for Reggie because mm -hmm. he didn't get his insurance money for it. And he was supposed to get, and so he was supposed to pay Jimmy 500 pounds for this, which I don't, I don't, I didn't do, I don't have the uh, Have you it. ever listened to this murder cast before? <laughs> we not only would translate pounds to money, we, <laughs> I know you normally like pounds aren't money. <laughs> pounds are not money. I know you would like like transfer it to today's dollars. Yeah, but that's a, that's two steps. We normally only have to do the one step, so totally yeah. get it. I mean, it was for like a significant. I think it was for like eighty thousand dollars or something ridiculous, if I remember correctly. But I didn't actually write it down. But um, I think it was a lot of. It was more than the boat was worth. I know yeah. for sure. And so, uh, Reggie was not happy with Jimmy's behavior, and. Um, and basically, he didn't pay him his full amount. And Jimmy was not happy with that. And that's why he snitched on him. Yeah. And so this kind of set a bad precedent for it. So all of a sudden, Jimmy kind of starts working with this guy. His name was Patty Brady. And apparently, mm. he was very dapper. Ooh, so good word. He was a forger. So he started mm -hmm. his forging um, from World War One. He would forge general signatures for things. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it sounds like he got in trouble quite a bit, but apparently he was a pretty good forger. And so he actually was able to forge Reginald Holmes' signature, and mm -hmm. they were able to cash a check from him. Okay. And so they went to him and said, hey, this is what we can do. We're going to do this to you unless you basically let us forge from your clients. Because he's making speedboats, so who's okay. buying speedboats in the 30s? Like only, rich people. Only rich people. Okay, I get it. I'm like, why would you tell them what you're going to do? But yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, and so they're like, you know, we can't get you in on this, and then we'll all win, basically. Right, we all make a lot of money. And he was like, mm, I don't know if I really want to do this, basically. So, you know, and so they tried to do it, and 
you know, in the end, it was it ultimately he really didn't want to do it. And this is where some of the conjecture kind of comes in, whether mm-hmm. an order happened or whether it was initiative taken. But his pal that we the dapper guy that wore the bow ties, yeah, and was kind of a little eccentric. Um, Patty Brady, he said, hey, Jimmy, let's go on a fishing trip. Sounds like a great idea, considering that we know where the arm came from. <laughs> and he was super excited. He was like, oh, my brother can come. My uh, friend can come on the fishing trip. You know? And Patty's like, no. <laughs> no, I just want me and you. Yeah. So he rented a cottage, and he got a boat for him. And um, and and then, <laughs> and then, you know, basically Jimmy was not seen after that. I mean, like, what did you expect? You were, you wanted all these people to come with you. And he's like, nah, man, just me and you. Like, bro time. Yeah. And what was theorized is basically that's kind of where it was Jimmy's arm. Because that was confirmed through, they did some special forensic stuff. I think they actually removed his skin from his fingertips. Mm -hmm. And they pressed actually, like, cotton swabs, like, to the back of the skin. So they were Mm -hmm. actually able to take fingerprints and obviously from the tattoo on it as well yeah so we know it's jimmy's arm but we didn't have any other part from poor for all we jimmy. know poor jimmy is just missing an arm somewhere <laughs> but there is a lot of evidence for it because in the cottage the cottage had a lot of renovations after he rented it um patty put a new trunk in there that replaced <laughs> an old larger trunk there was, having in that trunk. <laughs> there was a new mat, which I assume is just like a big rug that wasn't there before. Okay. A new mattress was placed in there. You know, this is a rental. So, I yeah. mean, you know, unless you I really... I wonder why we needed a new mattress. And then, apparently, there was a lot of evidence from the, from the taxi driver that took him from this place as well. He left and was like, don't look at me. When he was leaving. I mean, this is what he's literally telling people. That's not suspicious. Yeah. And he was wearing this suit with no shirt, apparently. And he was hiding something under his suit. Very strange. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to be suspicious. Yes. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. So, apparently... um, so I would have had it, it was like Gunamana Bay or something like that. But I didn't have time to sit down and actually write down like the official name. It's something like that. There, this disposing of a body in this way mm. was apparently so popular. It actually was given a name. It was called a Sydney send off. That if you packed up a body in a trunk and just threw it in the bay of Sydney. <laughs> that was so popular. They gave it its own name. <laughs> It was called the Sydney Sentinel. I wonder how many trunks. <laughs> and so apparently a lot of people did not like Jimmy because he was not just a snitch for Reggie Holmes. He was a snitch for a lot of people. Uh, and because he kind of effed up like this whole lie. like insurance scam and stuff yeah. like that. You know, there's a there's some theories out there, but it's basically accepted that this Patty offed him and he took his arm just the one arm to um to reggie holmes and it's obvious like when it was spit out by the shark it was Mm -hmm. a clean cut it didn't look like it wasn't like the shark ate it yeah it wasn't like the shark ate it and so it was obvious that it was not like a shark attack it was you know someone died (laughs) stupid i mean yeah yeah Yeah. to be fair 
I think it would be probably pretty hard to rip somebody's arm from their body to make it look like a I shark feel attack. like <laughs> I would try harder. <laughs> so, anyways. And um, who takes an arm for, like, proof? Like, most of the time it's heads. I know. Well, I think because of the tattoo. Yeah, but I could literally cut your arm off and you could still be alive. I feel like there's a lot of stuff that could leak from your head, though. There's a lot of stuff that can leak from your arm. That is true. Good idea. But I don't know. I'm not sure. But he had it and he had apparently it hidden, but not very well. So, not killing anyone. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Sheila. So, apparently he was very, very suspicious. (laughs) And he went and basically... And again, this is where it's sort of a gray area. We don't know whether he was trying to black blackmail Reggie mm. Holmes to say, hey, I killed this guy. Let's keep doing the forging business. Or, or else, I'm going to say you killed him. Yeah, or else I'm going to say you made the hit. Or he was maybe saying, hey, I finished the job that you ordered me for. That's kind of where we're at right now. And so that's where some of this is conjecture. Mm. And anyways, whatever it was, Reggie kind of went crazy. Apparently, he was in the middle of a mental breakdown anyway. <laughs> and so, because, you know, cocaine, lots of alcohol. Cocaine and alcohol are a good mix. Yeah. So, he basically was like, well, I'm fucked. And um, he went out in Sydney Harbor. And he's like, well, I'm going to just off myself. Because I'm, like, basically, like... I'm either going to be put on as being murder a murderer or, okay. you know, all of my stuff is going to be exposed. Because be, because he had hired these guys to help him with sort of his dirty business, they knew everything. They knew all of his dirty dealings. Yeah. And so um, he went out into Sydney Harbor in one of his speedboats, took a gun, put it to his forehead, and shot. Do you think a shark ate him? Well, this is what happened. <laughs> He actually did not die. Oh, shit. The bullet flattened because he put it to his forehead. That's the thickest part of his skull. Mm -hmm. The bullet actually flattened against his skull and didn't kill him. He fell into the harbor. The cold water of the Pacific was like, I'm still alive. It revived him. I fucked that up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) he pretty much did fuck up killing himself. And um, so... On the way, like, there were other boaters out there, and I, apparently they had told the police that, hey, there's this guy that I think you need to help. And by the way, you know, you can tell who he is because he's got, you know, a bullet hole in you his know. head, basically. Yeah. So he ended up taking the police on a four-hour chase <laughs> after shooting himself in the head. <laughs> Shot himself in the head well enough to take police on a chase. <laughs> I mean, oh God. like he legitimately shot himself in the head and took the police on a four hour chase in his speedboat. This is like a Bond film, sort of. With yeah, bolt- is this a true story? Because we tell two true <laughs> stories on this podcast. Sheila. It is a true story. How big is I mean, it's Sydney Harbor. I don't know. Four hours. <laughs> I mean, if four you hours. leave, right? Weave, weave it and bobbin. <laughs> okay, so eventually the police got him. And he's like, yeah, he's like, this guy's dead. Um, but I didn't kill him. All right. It was this guy, Patty Brady. He killed him. Okay. It was not me. And I will definitely testify to that in court. <laughs> so okay. the day of court came about. He had already consulted with his solicitor, which I'm not really sure how that's different from a barrister. So apparently a solicitor and a barrister, which I assume 
are kind of the same thing or a little bit different. Okay, I'm not that smart. Yeah. So I don't know how to help you with that. <laughs> I think the barrister is the official lawyer. Okay. But I'm not sure how that's different from the solicitor. He first spoke with the solicitor. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, they kind of, he talked with the police about what had kind of gone down and that he was innocent, but that he did know that this guy killed him. And he said, I will testify to all of this in court. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he had a lot of other shady dealings as well. Yeah. And so kind of after talking with some of his business partners and all of that, apparently the day of court, he drove out to this shady side. Remember I told you there was two different sides to the harbor. Yeah, the good side and the bad side. Yeah. So he went to like under the harbor bridge, the south side of Sydney, Mm -hmm. and he kind of parked his car out there and he was found shot, two, two bullets to the chest, dead. So he managed to shoot himself twice? He did not shoot himself. Somebody else shot him. Yeah. So he was never able to testify in court that... That Patty killed Jimmy. That's correct. And because he was not able to testify, he was the key witness. Patty walked. They used a couple of vague Mm. different, like, precedences. For example, they said that um, according to British rule... You needed to have a body to convict. And they said Not they didn't an have arm. the whole body. They had an arm. Mm. And then they said, well, maybe the arm wasn't really his because the arm, you know, should have been digested. It takes about 24 hours for a shark's stomach to, to, to digest. Well, apparently the arm was eaten by a smaller shark, which was eaten by the larger tiger shark. And the tiger shark was in such distress that he basically his digestive system shut down because he was in there for like two weeks, basically didn't mm. digest anything. And so that's why they were able to spit it up with such clarity that yeah. you were able to see everything. Um, it was preserved basically because it was a shark within a shark. Very strange. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so with all of this, Patty ended up walking free and he lived for a very long time after that. Never convicted. Nothing. Did so, he kill anybody else? Not that... Not that that's on him. the record. And so now we have a shark arm, Jimmy Smith, dead. And now apparently his wife, um, Reggie Holmes's wife, mm-hmm. was going to say something or speak about it, and she ended up dying too. Ooh, maybe you shouldn't, maybe you shouldn't talk. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I think the moral of the story is what? Stitches. Stitches get sniffed. Wait. <laughs> stitches, 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 stitches get stitches. Stitches and wind up in ditches. Bitches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, and so kind of at the end, there's a lot of different theories with this case. One is that Jimmy is not actually really dead, that he just cut off his own arm. Ooh, see, I'm going with that. Because he never recovered his body. I bet he's dead now, though. Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) And the other, it was just a straight frame-up job that, um, you know, that Patty killed him. He was annoyed. He was snitched. He didn't want to deal with his shit anymore and just killed him and then said, I'm going to I'm blackmail you, Reggie Holmes, and give me lots of money or let me in your business. Yeah. Or, and the third is just that Reggie Holmes called a hit on him and he did it. And so it really it's not known at this point. But other than Reggie's dead, his <laughs> wife is dead and Jimmy's dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, and or really, Jimmy might. And no, he's probably dead now. They're all probably dead. Everyone now. is really dead right now. <laughs> yeah. And but the shark's dead. Yeah, the shark died. They actually killed the shark, too. They so. killed the shark? They wanted to make sure there was something else left in his stomach. You know, I mean, like I Jaws? I kind of get mad. Yeah. Still sad for the shark. The whole thing is, I just felt bad for the shark. Yeah. 
I don't feel bad for anybody I mean, else in the story except for maybe the wife. Yeah. The shark. The shark. It wasn't the shark's fault. It was a big no. shark. Big tiger. He was just trying to eat a little shark. That's yeah. <laughs> food chain. Come on. <laughs> and that is the story of shark arm. Shark arm. Well, I'm very impressed because what y'all can't see is that she didn't write any of this down. She was at all that from memory and I can't fucking do that. I did listen to. I can. I can tell you my sources. I okay. don't remember the exact one. Um, there was a BuzzFeed. Ooh. Um, it was a BuzzFeed. I think it was uncensored or crime Q and A or whatever. Trying to look at it again. I don't have it down. But there was a BuzzFeed story on this on okay. YouTube, and there was a um, Australian. It's through ABC News. It's called Twisted. It's like a short clip. Kind of like mm -hmm. weird crimes, I guess, specifically in Australia. That's, that's what cool, it looked though. like. It, and then there was also a podcast called Australian True Crime, and so they actually had the authors. There is a book called Shark Arm, and they had the authors on there that talked all about the case. And um, except for you know, they didn't really build everything because they wanted you to buy the book. Yeah, but so if you want to learn more, <laughs> buy, buy the book. <laughs> well, I'm still really impressed because I can't do that. Um, I have to write everything down. So I'm very proud. And this is our first international, international? story. All of them down have been in the that. United States. Yeah. Worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now you need to talk about Dead Crow Defense. Oh, Dead Crow Defense. Have you heard about Dead Crow Defense? I have. I've checked out their website. Yeah. So uh, if you don't want to wind up on the murder cast, you need to shop at deadcrowdefense.com. They believe in defending the weak by putting more firepower into the hands of the good people. You can shop online at www.deadcrowdefense.com where they carry tasers, pepper sprays, and so much more. And you've seen the taser. They're real tasers. Like, mean business tasers. Fucking awesome. Stay yes. strapped or get clapped. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so they don't just have um, stuff for your protection. They also have stuff to make you look really cool. Um, they have t-shirts, hats, and even dad visors to match those dad bods out there. Dad visors. <laughs> All of their orders ship out the next day. And if you don't see what you need, they'll do a custom order for you. Just email them at sales at deadcrowdefense.com. And you know what, guys? Because you're listening to just another murder, just another murder cast, you can get ten percent off because they love us. Just use the code YayJam. 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 So don't get murdered. Shop at Dead Crow Defense. Yeah, stay safe. That's right. All right. So, are you ready for mine? I am. It's not going to be a collision. Sheila. Wants to know. Oh, Sheila. <laughs> I never told you how much I love you, Sheila. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to tell you about the Novaks. Oh. I have some friends by the name of Novaks, but I... they spell it different. Oh, okay. This is Novak, N-O-V-A-C-K. Okay. So we're going to talk about Ben Sr., Ben Novak Sr. He was born in 1907. He was the fourth child of Sadie and Hyman. Novak. Hyman. Can you? <laughs> can you imagine having a Hyman? Is Hyman a boy or girl? Hyman. It's his dad. Oh. That's a dude. 
Jaime. Okay. He um he came to America from Russia. Oh, is that a Russian name? Jaime. Uh, I wouldn't think so. I have never heard of that before. Sounds true. <laughs> Sounds gynecological. <laughs> <laughs> so the family um moved to the Catskill Mountains and after their clothing store failed. I don't know where their clothing store was, but it failed and then they moved to the mountains. They must not have had a solid Insta account. <laughs> <laughs> nah, their Instagram was lacking. All about the gram. Yeah. So Hyman, once he moved to the mountains, he um, opened or operated a hotel there until he died. And then Ben Sr. and his brother took it over. But the two of them didn't. The two of them didn't really get along, so they fought a lot. So eventually, Ben Senior said peace out, and he moved to New York. While he was in New York, he opened, or him and a partner opened a haberdashery. Oh, I love the. I love just the term haberdashery. I Do you know what a haberdashery is? It's a general store. Um. So it was a store that sold small items for sewing, dressmaking, and knitting. All right. So eventually that store failed. <laughs> it's not doing very well. Strike two. Yeah. And uh, Ben Sr. moved to Miami Beach and uh, with his wife, Bella. So Ben Sr. finally had success with a couple of different um, hotels, but eventually he opened the Sands Sochi, S-O-U-C-I. And that was during World War II. And apparently um, the government put up a lot of military men in the hotel and that's how he found his success what is the san sushi who's a hotel oh, okay it's so, a fancy name right yeah we we're all about fancy in this story yeah, fancy so we're real high class here so eventually ben senior met a beautiful woman mind you he was already married you hit him right he's already married to a lady named bella but he meets bernice at a local nightclub bernice is very beautiful she was a model very beautiful name, Bernice. God damn it, Bernice! <laughs> <laughs> we have to take this very seriously. I'm sorry, it's dodgeball. I can't help it. <laughs> okay, Bernice, she was beautiful, a but beautiful she was model. a whore because she was the other woman. Sorry. Actually, she was not because well, she was also married. Oh, but she. No. Ben asked her out. Ben Sr. asked her out many times. And Bernice was like, no, no. I'm married. You're married. No, no. But like I said, she was a, mar a model. So eventually she got a gig in Cuba. Ooh. She flew to Cuba for her photo shoot. But when she got there, it was all a ruse. Ben Sr. had set it up to get her to go out with him. Tricky Ben. Fucking Ben's, uh, let me tell you. I, it wasn't me. <laughs> so Ben Sr. set it up, and eventually she gave in. She went out with him. I mean, if you can meet a fly to Cuba, I mean, I'll probably have dinner with you. When was this? What year was this again? This is right, like in the 50s, like okay. 40s. So this is like high Cuba. This is like yeah, this war is, shows, like yeah. rich, rich. Cuba. This is before yeah. we can go before, to Cuba. Like, before, like, Fidel. Yeah. <laughs> before <laughs> Castro. Right? So they fell in love and eventually they divorced their significant others and they get married in 1952. December 20th in 1954, Ben Sr. opens the Fountain Blue Hotel in Miami. It's actually in uh, South Beach, Miami. It is a 
85,000 square foot hotel. It has 1,504 hotel rooms and seven fucking restaurants. Seven. It's a little excessive. From three failed businesses. I mean, seven restaurants. Are people coming? Like. (laughs) So, let me tell you a little about this hotel. (laughs) I bet there were people coming. (laughs) And that's what she said. So it has several investors. It's not all of his own money. And uh, several of those investors were known mobsters. Oh, well, that makes sense. I mean, I've seen The Godfather. I've seen Goodfellas. (laughs) Yes. So a year after this opens, they have a son. 1956, Ben Jr. is born. Oh, little Benny. Little Benny Boo Boo. Uh, Ben Sr. had also adopted a son with his first wife, Bella. But when they got divorced, didn't really care about him. That's kind of rude. Right? No big deal. Like, he is all about some Ben Jr., not about the other one. Not having that Ben. Sorry. So, Ben was raised at the hotel. The Fountain Blue. Like, can you imagine being raised at a hotel? Um... He had a strange childhood, a very strange upbringing, didn't have a lot of friends. Apparently, his birthday parties were, like, sit-down events with adults. And um, Bernice, she often entertained, like, politicians, celebrities, and other, like, super inferential people in their penthouse. Entertained. Entertained. Is that quotation marks? (laughs) Probably. <laughs> Let's be honest. But his home, Ben Jr.'s home, it's featured in several movies. Ooh, fancy. Including Jane, James Bond movies. Ooh. Scarface and Goldfinger. So he was ballin', basically. Ballin'. Yeah. Rich. It had uh, multiple celebrities stay there. But because, you know, it was the 50s, Frank Sinatra and Marilyn Monroe, they were... They were kind of big ones to I say. Mean, that's pretty high. That's like high class. I don't think you can get higher in the fifties. <laughs> so Ben Jr. grows up in the hotel, and he is, you know, better off than his father. He has better luck in business, and he owns his own business. Opens and owns his own business called Covington Concepts Unlimited. It plans major conventions for its clients, and his biggest client was Amway. eventually ben senior dies because everyone dies yes i got real dark right there didn't i i was a little bit dark (laughs) don't tell my kids that well yeah um so eventually ben senior dies and his business um because he had sold the fountain blue hotel they weren't doing so well and ben jr was able to save the family business and save the family from bankruptcy but ben jr he had a little thing for batman yeah, he really likes the Batman. He was well known for his collection. And he had a large collection of comic books and an actual Batmobile. Good thing he was rich. Yeah. Well, Batmobile, I don't know. I think you can score with the Batmobile, especially in the, this would be 70s. 70s, yeah, yeah right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, he's got some Batman stuff. So if you're a woman that likes Batman, yeah, you know, he eventually meets a a woman. Her name is Narcista Sarah Velez Pancho. 
But we're going to call her Narcy. Her okay. name was Narcy. That's what everybody around here called her. Short for a narcissist. Right. She was a stripper. Mm-hmm. You, what, you can't go wrong with that. Like his parents, he met his wife in a nightclub. Unfortunately, his wife was working in the nightclub. <laughs> a little different. I mean, no judgment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't say much. <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> but y'all want to guess what her name is? What her stage name is? What is her stage name? Because... I mean, I would have thought that that would be her stage name. Narcy would have been her stage yeah. name? Nope, nope. It's Sylvia. Sylvia? Sylvia. I mean, that feels like that's a clever. That's a real boner inducer there. <laughs> <laughs> when I hear the name Sylvia, I'm like, whoop. In your 20s. I mean, I was going to guess Cinnamon, but. Nope, we went with Sylvia. So, Sylvia um, was a divorcee. She had a young daughter named May, and Ben just loved her. So they got married, and eventually, or and Narcy actually took on the role of trophy wife very well. She she went from stripper to trophy wife in point zero seconds. Yeah, I mean, I could do that. I like, could I do think that. you should do that too, right? <laughs> trophy wife Ben. I'm going after money. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think that's a good life decision. I uh, you can't go right. Can't out for a while with looks. <laughs> So the next time's money. The yeah. next time, 100% money. All right, well, if you go by Sylvia, if you become a stripper and go by Sylvia, I swear to God, I'll give you all I mean, money. Take a look at this. Money. I mean, I think you could rock Sylvia. I, I could probably rock Sylvia. Mm-hmm. So, like all marriages, Ben Jr. and uh, Sylvia, or Narcy, had their share of ups and downs. But unfortunately for this couple, it's mostly downs. Yeah. They fought a bit. And they often accused each other of cheating, like any normal couple does. Normal, yeah. Sounds, sounds, <laughs> Can't sounds say I haven't been right. there, Timer <laughs> But then in 2002, Fort Lauderdale police received a phone call to the Novak home for a domestic disturbance. Y'all want to guess what they find there? Dead bodies. Have, nope. Not a dead body. You are wrong, sir. They <laughs> gerbils. They find Ben Jr. bound and gagged. There are several men that have been holding him hostage, and Narcy is telling them all what to do. Huh. The men held Ben Jr. hostage for well over 24 hours until the police arrived, and they stole over $370,000 in cash and items from the house. My question is who called in the domestic? I would love to know. Yeah. But, I don't know. But it wasn't reported. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know who it was, but somebody finally called it in. Yeah. But either way, Ben had been bound and gagged for over 24 hours at the hand of his wife. Huh. But no charges are ever filed. It's just, you know, no big deal. Narcy says this is their bizarre sex life. <laughs> Part of our sex life is for me to hire men to bound and gag my husband. I mean, steal from us. It has us. to be, what, like in the 70s at this point? No, I want to say he was in his 30s when they met, so probably 50s, but still. It bounds. And, um, well enough to know that if someone bounds and gags you, you probably should not be married to them. Yeah. And apparently he thought that, because they did file for divorce. Yeah. Even though Narcy's like, it's just our weird sex life. He did file for divorce, but then they were like, you know what, we're better together. No one else is going to love me. We're just going to stick this out. 
But, you know, the disagreements, they didn't end there. At one point, Narcy claims that Ben Jr. broke her nose in a fight. But to make up for it, he did send her to a plastic surgeon. <laughs> when she woke up from her surgery, she had new boobs. She went, it's a win-win. Hey, honey, I'm going to knock your nose around. <laughs> guess what? Yes. <laughs> Some bigger titties, baby. McDouble. <laughs> you know. Supersize it. <laughs> but apparently those boobs were not enough for Ben Jr. Because he did have an affair with the one and only Rebecca Bliss, a retired porn star. It's mm-hmm. fine, all the winners. Right? He met her on a website and things got pretty serious to the point that he rented her apartment furnished that apartment, and even bought her a puppy to keep her company when he was with his wife. He's making good life decisions. Right? Why can't I get this lucky? <laughs> well, Ben. <laughs> you know. So, another down, and those weren't downs enough for this couple, another down comes on April 6th of 2009, when Ben Jr. finds his 87-year-old mother, Bernice, dead in the laundry room of her home. Oh, R.I.P. Bernice. Right, R.I.P. Bernice was <laughs> Bernice was covered in blood. There was blood everywhere, but it seemed to start in the garage, go to a bathroom where she attempted to clean herself up, and then she died in the laundry room. An autopsy showed that she had broken teeth, a broken finger, and a cracked skull. But the medical examiner, who was very influential, he was also the medical examiner, Examiner for Annie Nicole Smith. Huh. He said that it was an accidental death from a fall. Actually, a series of falls. Bernice had been falling more and more li- lately because she was 87 years old. And that a series of falls had caused her death. Sounds suspicious. Well, it wouldn't be a murder podcast if it didn't. I mean. <laughs> so that was a downer. Yeah. Poor you Bernice. Wanna, you want to hear about another downer? Sure. In July of 2009, so just a couple of months later, this is a pretty big downer now, guys. Um, July 12th, 2009, Ben Jr. Jr. had worked all through the night, making sure that everything was just right for Amway at a convention that they were having in New York. And he worked through the night and went to bed at about 6.30. Around 7.15 in the morning, Narcy leaves the room. She goes and gets breakfast. But 45 minutes when she returns, she finds Ben Jr. bound and gagged. He has duct tape um, to keep his arms together behind his back, duct tapes around his legs and his head. Police arrive at the hotel room at 7.57 a.m. and said that Ben Jr.'s already dead. Huh. So he's been murdered. He'd been savagely beaten and suffocated with a pillow. So, who do you think the initial suspect is going to be here? I'm going to go with the spouse. Should always go with the spouse. Yeah, that's usually the, usually the culprit. Yeah. So, Narcy is who they suspect first. They say that no other key card had been used to enter the room except for hers when she left. The police said that Narcy must have left the mur- let the murderers in before she left and then came back to find them. She was interviewed for 12 hours the day wow. after the murder. I'm telling you, 12 hours, I'd tell you whatever the fuck you want to hear. Well, I mean, I don't think that's a very valid uh, interview at that right? point. Right? <laughs> but 
she tells police, you know, she's not like super sad and upset that her husband's dead. She's like, he's difficult. Yeah. He has a difficult personality. He's got some weird things. He really likes women that have like amputations. So like missing a leg, missing an arm. He's really into it. Freaky. Right? Everyone has their vices. I mean, why yeah. would you tell the police this during an interview that they think you've murdered your husband? You know. After 12 hours, though, you probably just tell them whatever <laughs> they, they want to hear. Right? Um, but not only that, he's been hanging out with some weird people. Yeah. So the weird people killed him. So, police even conduct a polygraph test the day after the murder with her, and they say that she shows indications of deception and when questioning pertaining to the knowledge of this homicide. But, you know, polygraph tests aren't really admissible in court, blah, yeah. blah, blah. So, they search the hotel room, and, because, you know, things, they, they, she wants to say it was a robbery. Yes. But things don't point towards a robbery, they point towards an inside job. His Rolex is found at the scene. But there's this gold bracelet with Ben written in diamonds on it that was taken. So you took the bracelet with Ben written on it, but not the super expensive Rolex, you know. That sounds like a baller bracelet. Right. <laughs> ben, I think you need a diamond I mean, <laughs> my birthday's coming up. <laughs> well, you know what you're getting now. I, you ruined it. Well, I expect it. <laughs> <laughs> So, they also find a pair of knockoff Versace sunglasses, and Narcy's like, oh, those are mine. Because every millionaire buys knockoff sunglasses. Nope. They don't buy the real things. So, four days after the murder, on July 16th, police search the family home, and they don't really tell you what all they find, but they do take several computers, copies of the family's bills, a phone book, you know. Because Hitman is listed in the phone book. And a day planner. Huh. They also take five rolls of duct tape. <laughs> why do you need five rolls of duct tape? I mean, you could comparison, I guess. Yeah, but why would anyone in their home have five rolls? Is that not too much? If you had to repair a boat. <laughs> I think I've had the same roll of duct tape for the last, like, six years. Right? So, but Narcy's not arrested. Yes. Okay. And uh, she decides that now's a good time to empty the safe deposit boxes. And I'm going to cash out on some of the assets that, that Ben Jr. has. suspicious no. at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. The investigation into Ben Jr.'s murder soon leads to two men who also lived in Miami. Alejandro Garcia and Joel Gonzalez. I don't know how they found them, but they did. Police were able to find a long line of bank and credit card receipts, cell phone records, wire transfers, and video from the ATM showing Narcy's brother, Cristobal Velez, withdrawing money with Alejandro and Joel right behind him. Did they not realize? I mean, every ATM has a video, right? Like Apparently, that's not important. <laughs> so, it takes over a year for the charges to be brought against Narcy. And in that year... Family members tried to keep her from getting the hands on the money. So, you know, he's still got the will and stuff that has to be whatever. And not only would she get Ben's money, but also his mother's money because she is also dead. Even Narcy's own daughter, Ben's stepdaughter, so not Ben's actual daughter, yeah. says that Narcy is guilty and she does not deserve that money. <laughs> so, in the year that the men, or in the year that it takes for them to arrest Narcy, the men that they find and um, say that are part of the murder, 
they sing like canaries. They just, they'll tell There's, you everything. They snitches. Yeah, they're snitches. But they don't end up in a ditch. So they are not going down for this murder because, you know, they didn't just up and decide to murder him. So they say that they were hired by Narcy's brother, Cristobal. And Cristobal gave them instructions on what to do. And it was what Narcy had said to do. Alejandro says that he and another man drove to Bernice's house. You know, the accidental fall that caused yes. her death. He hides next to the garage. And when she comes out to move her car into the garage, he followed her inside and then hit her in the head with a wrench. He continued, right? <laughs> he continued to hit her several more times while she screamed for her life. And then he fled, leaving her in the front, of the front seat of her car. And he was given just $600. $600 to kill her. What is this with, like, how much people are getting paid to kill people? Like, I'm going to need again more money. and again on your podcast. Usually it's 5000 Yeah, and, and honestly, I will tell you, I, I watched another one, yeah. and that was what the value was, too. I'm going to need more. I mean, I think that must be, like, the going rate. I'm going to need more. <laughs> All right. I got to pause. So, then, believing they had gotten away with Bernice's murder, on July 2nd, Nancy, or Narcy, I want to call her Nancy. Narcy is a weird, I've never heard Narcy before. No, but her name is Nar, or her, like, nickname is Narcy, and I just think that's weird. Oh, they brought it here, here. Mm. Alright, so, July 2nd, Narcy and Cristobal fly to New York so that they can plan their attack on Ben Jr. Oh. They return again on July 9th with the two hitmen. So, they actually, so they hired the two hitmen that killed Bernice, but they also hire a third man, Dennis Ramirez. Ramirez is also, is actually the baby daddy of Cristobal's daughter's children. So, like, he was the grand, or the father of two of Cristobal's grandkids. Huh. That's weird. Like, yeah, that would be like your dad hiring me, or Taylor, to murder someone. It is strange. Yeah. Too familiar. Right? But Dennis is not going to murder anyone, but he's driving everyone to the hotel on the day of the murder. Yeah. So the day of the murder, um, he was paid $100 for his driving. Like, I'm not killing anyone, but I'm going to drive you to kill someone. I only need $100. I mean, you're still accessory to murder. You would be put, like, that's like a long time you could be put in jail for. Yeah. Like, you still know what's happening. Yeah. So... Where's the little dog? He's right here. Okay. Sorry, guys. I have a dog. I have two dogs. We all know that. I think we all know that. <laughs> right we all know that. Especially because the last podcast, you could hear them throughout the entire thing. But it's fine. So, on July 12th, Joel and Alejandro get led into the Novak's hotel room by Narcy. She lets them into the room, strokes her husband's hair, and is like, oh, fucking kill him. The two men start beating him with dumbbells. By the way, dumbbells. Dumbbells. A pink and a blue dumbbell. And Cristobal had bought the dumbbells because that's. Are they like little, like two pound, like wussy dumbbells? I think they're like five, ten pounds. But like a pink dumbbell. Yeah. Like root. So they start beating him with dumbbells. And uh, Ben starts fighting back and screaming. And Narcy is like, I'm concerned that people are going to hear my husband screaming for his life. So here is a pillow 
to muffle his screams. Living up to her name, I guess. Right? <laughs> so, the men bound his arms behind, or bound his arms and legs with the duct tape. They even wrap his mouth to the point that he chokes on his own vomit. Oh, yeah. What a way to go, choking on your own vomit. <laughs> right? But then, that's not enough for Narcy. She tells the men to cut her husband's eyes with an <gasps> utility knife. So they, like, cut his eyes. So that oh even if goodness. on some off chance he had lived, he'd be super blind. Oh, and you know, eyes are pressurized, and they, like, pop and, like, goo out. They actually said yeah. that she wanted them to cut his testicles off, but it evolved to cutting his eyes because of all the things that he enjoyed looking at. Uh, uh, like, uh, amputee women's. But at that point, you're dead, like, still fucking weird. Yeah. Like, it's not a robbery if you're cutting someone's eyes I open. Yeah, that's an act of, you know, yeah. vengeance. Okay, but why would Narcy do all this? Curious. Yeah. So they say that Narcy found out that Ben Jr. had been having the affair with Rebecca Bliss and was going to leave her. But if Ben Jr. left Narcy, she would only get $6,500 under the prenup. That's a hell of a damn prenup. You're a millionaire and they're going to get $6,000. I mean, she signed it. I she mean... did. But why do we need to kill Bernice? Bernice, she's not getting anything for killing Bernice. But if Ben Jr. had died and Bernice had lived under his will, Bernice would be the curator. So she would get $200,000 in cash and then $2,500 a month. And Narcy would get the bulk of the money, but Bernice would be in charge of it. So she could say yes or no to whatever she was spending. So Narcy couldn't spend it how she wanted. Huh. Rebecca Narcy. Bliss testifies that Narcy... That bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca Bliss testified that Narcy had found out about the affair, that she had gone to her and offered her $10,000 to stop seeing her husband. I'm just saying that your husband pays for my apartment, furnishes it, and it's an apartment in Fort Lauderdale. Like, that's got to be I mean, pricey. Yeah. And he furnished it, and I'm sure that that was not just like... Well, honey, you you got your apartment. I'm not giving you any more money. Yeah. So ten thousand dollars is really not that much. That that's not gonna make me stop seeing someone that I love. It's, it's still yeah, and this is still giving me lots of money. Too, right. So nothing. So when Rebecca declines, Nancy's very angry and she calls Rebecca's landlord and she tells the landlord that rent's not gonna be paid anymore because Ben is dead. <gasps> I mean, Ben wasn't dead yet, but I apparently mean, she knew it was happening. Probably would not be uh, good for getting away with murder, too. Right? Well, you know criminals what? were smart. <laughs> criminals were smart, we wouldn't have this podcast. That's true. So, Narcy and Cristobal seem to be the two that are behind this. They have no problem blaming it on each other. They're like, he did it, she did it, he did it, she did it. But why the hell would Cristobal do it? Like, he has no reason to do it. He's not getting any money unless Narcy gives him the money. And if you kill my husband, I'm not giving you money. Yeah. Right? You know? Yeah. But not only that, they go on to blame Narcy's daughter, May. May is the one that did all of this. Huh. That's like you blaming your daughter. I mean. She'd probably do it. <laughs> you right there. <laughs> <laughs> Not for the money, just because you looked at her wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I but mean, still, but I, I, I would 
would not blame her for it. I would so, have a hard yes, time. Even yes. if my daughter did it, I yeah. would be like, I'm like, it was me. It was me. It was I did me. it. I did yeah. it. But they say that May did it because with Bernice dead and with Ben dead and with Narcy in jail, then May's two sons will get all the money. Uh-huh. Hmm. You know. Yeah. This is a little far-fetched for me. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, the trial takes only nine weeks. Narcy and Cristobal each say they're innocent. That the people that killed Ben are just blaming it on them. Yes. To have someone to point fingers at. That it was really May. It was not Ben. And, uh, you know, it doesn't go well for them. With all the evidence and the testimonies against them, they're both found guilty of murder. So, they're not only found guilty of murder, they're also found guilty of domestic violence. Well, you killed your husband, so, you know. Yeah. Stalking, money laundering, and witness tampering. Now, I don't know, like, how those got tacked on. Yeah. But they did. It sounds like there's some shady shit going on, basically. Yeah. Right? So, Narcy, after she gets found guilty... She's like, you know what? This is not worth my time. I don't want to be present in the courtroom while y'all sentence me. Ha! She's like, fuck off. That's always a good decision. Right? (laughs) So, it went went very well for her. They're Uh like, oh, man, she must be innocent. We'll let her go. No. That's not what happened. Um, She gets life without the possibility of parole. Not good for her. Yeah. And she's still like, it wasn't me. It was still my daughter. Made it. And I'm like, you know what? Like, you've already been like convicted just yeah. like give it up yeah um but so she gets life for, without parole but the question is who gets ben jr's fortune because it's millions of dollars right yeah so family members fight for it uh-huh may fights for it because she's got the two young she's not ben's daughter yeah but you know she's like her his stepdaughter yes so she doesn't get it but she says my son should get it yeah And then family members say that they should get it. Uh But then you remember when I told you that Ben Sr. had another son? Yeah. It was actually an adopted son. So this son apparently had a lot of mental health issues. Uh Uh-huh. And went, like, missing and was homeless for years. And his mother died, and he showed up to get the money from his mother's will, which was he thought was not that much, but he was going to get something. Uh And the... Most people say that, you know, he should get the millions of dollars, not only because his mom had a lot of money from being married to, you know, Ben Sr. Yeah. But he should also get his brothers. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know who ended up getting it. Last I read, it was still, like... Up in in the air. Yeah, up in the air. But it had dwindled from, like, 20000 or $20 million to, like, $4 million. You know, all the court fees and stuff like that. The government's... Dipping their hand in. Right. So, who knows? Probably nobody got it. And it's yeah. probably still just, you know, around. That's crazy. So, that, that's my story. And that took place in Florida, which normally we like to have a story in Georgia. But because I'm in Florida, I figured. We do a Florida case. Yeah. Which is why I did a, a beach case. Well, a beach it's not case. really beach. but It was a beach. It was a shark. Shark. There's a shark. So. <laughs> Sharky. Shark arm. Right. So, guys, that's that's my story. That was my story. <laughs> yeah. So, 
you know what, guys? If y'all could leave us a comment, let us know what you like, what you didn't like. Thanks, Sheila, for being here today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for letting me come in and tell a story. Well, I really appreciate it because I know that Haley appreciates not having to worry about getting uh, a story while she's taking care of her husband and two kids. Well, I, I hate to, to... I know I can't fully fill her spot, but I'm glad that I could come in and be a little substitute for her. So remember, guys, if y'all see anyone working on the side of the road, whether it's DOT, fire, Hello. police, EMS, move over. Slow, Slow down. down. It's a Stop. Law. <laughs> yeah. Don't hit them. I'm pretty sure it's a law in all 50 states. Yeah. Not just wherever you live. Um, so subscribe to our podcast, yeah. wherever you get your podcast, leave us a review, share it with your friends, because like I'm all friend out. I've already shared it with all five of them. <laughs> So I'm going to need those five to share it with some more people. And uh, like us on Facebook. And uh, you know what, guys? If you like, if that's not enough for you, you can go on over to our Patreon and uh, get extra, extra podcasts. Yeah. You know? And uh, stickers and coffee mugs and, and posters. And posters. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So, um, but thank you, guys. And, uh, and goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Yay, Jam. Later. Ha, ha, ha.